0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books-A-Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rural King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. This week's episode is brought to you by AFCO, family-owned and operated, AFCO Fishing Apparel and Tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's A-F-T-C-O for on-the-water performance gear. Also brought to you by... Baker's Works and Dixie Supply. Baker Works and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metal Works and D.C. Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. I'm your host, Brian Sin. Hope you guys are having a great week here in the state of Alabama or wherever you are surrounding us. And, uh, man, beautiful weather out there today. I, for one, wish I was on the lake uh fishing this afternoon because it's nice it's warm it's beautiful the wind not blowing very hard and we don't get a whole lot of these days this time of year so i'm excited about the podcast today and man i can't wait to see what these fishermen are doing around the state and let's get started with one of my favorites mr tony adams down in Eufala. what's going on tony Man,
1: just wish that was out there on the lake right now because it is pretty. They, you know, there's no wind, 78 degrees right here on Lakey Fall, Alabama. Man, you just couldn't ask for a better day.
0: I mean, that's shorts, t-shirts, and flip-flops again.
1: <laughs> that's right. Man, I'm telling you, wouldn't that be nice if you could have that kind of weather every day? You could just go out there and chill out and, and rip some lips.
0: Well, unfortunately, we don't live in that state, brother. We we get we get good days, we get bad days, but uh, but not many like this, that's for sure. Yeah, we just have,
1: you know, it's, but you know, we're in the winter months, you know, winter months. You never, it's so hard to predict what tomorrow's going to bring or next week's going to bring. But you know, we just have to have to fish, you know, when we can and you know when the weather's permitting.
0: Well, and I know you being a crappie guy and and, and, and of course, you're on here all the time and and we greatly appreciate you sharing with us. And uh, I don't think anybody catches many more fish than you do, that's for sure. But um, I know that you love the summertime fishing and well, you love it all year round, but a lot of people really kind of focus on crappie in these winter months. You know, uh I know my dad for one. He this is his favorite time of year to fish for crappie. I know a lot of people that are fishing these boat docks and shooting these docks. This is the time of year that they like to do that. Man, how how's it how's it on you faller right now?
1: Well, you know, it's it's been good. The weather's you know, we had some rain last week, so it's it's kind of made the lake up. You know, there was some trash floating in the lake. Um, it was really stained. The way we've been catching the fish lately is you know they're trying to trying to feed up for the winter. So you got crappie that's in five, six foot of water. You have them on ledges. You have them on flats. You have some on brush piles. They're going wherever the shad is going because you know they're 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 feeding up. Now with that being said, we went out the Tuesday. We caught some good fish. I mean, some really nice fish. And what we're seeing on the brush piles, and we fish brush piles. Tuesday, you'd pull up on a brush pile and there would be, you know, 12, 15 fish. You'd catch maybe three or four on that pile and then you know, you need to pull up and you know go on to the next one. So we're jumping a lot of piles to piles, you know, catching three, four, five on each each structure or each pile of structure that we we've got out there. So we're doing a lot of movement now, still producing fish. The fish is a lot healthier. You know, now and I'm you know, a lot of those fish that's been in that deeper water is coming up in those flats and on those structures and you know, they're they're feeding up just like you know, the small ones, you know, trying to get ready for winter. And we've noticed, you know, this past week when we've caught, you know, the crappy, you know, you already started getting some egg row, you know, which you know some of them's wow. already getting the row of eggs. So that was kind of amazing to see. Yeah. Um like I say it's it's been it's been, you know, winter months is the way we fish here is we kind of, the way I have to fish is I have to fish on my off days. So so if, if it's storming, you know, thunderstorms, thunder and lightning, you know, we'll cancel the trip and rebook it. The wind, you know, we can kind of move to the east to west, north, south, based on which way the wind's blowing. So the wind's not really bad unless it's hurricane type winds because there's always somewhere to fish because the fish are so scattered. Um, but you know, thunderstorms, lightning, stuff like that, you know, we we will cancel we will cancel the trip and reschedule But but most of the fish, like I say, you put up pull up on a pile, you know, you gonna catch those three, four, five, maybe six fish pretty fast that's wanting to bite. And it seems like the other ones just kind of they're not hungry or, you know, whatever, but those when you first pull up you're gonna get some pretty fast.
0: So when you're looking at this brush pile at these brush piles, you may be looking at 20 30 40 fish uh, and and but only like you're saying three to five of them are actively feeding so you catch those three to five and then just walk off and leave the rest of them and go to the next brush top
1: or or are
0: you saying that there's not as many fish on the brush piles as they are uh the rest other times of the year yeah
1: there's there's not as many you know you pull up on those brush piles now or at least here on Lake you you pull up on those brush piles you see and Looks like maybe 15, 20 fish, you know, and you'll catch, you know, three, four, five, maybe six, and then the rest I'm just not biting. And then you move on to the next spot. In the yeah. summertime, you yeah. may pull up on those brush piles and they may be, it may look like 100 fish down there. And, you know, same way in the summertime, though, sometimes, you know, you may catch. Six, or you may catch fifteen, or you may catch the limit on that brush pile if you want to stay there and just just burn that one up. I don't usually stay that long and burn them up. I usually, you know, catch ten or twelve per hole, and I move on during the summertime. But the wintertime, you're not catching as many fish because there's not that many fish on that structure as there are. are during-
0: this time of year, are they just are they just roaming?
1: They're just they're just scattered. They're they're you know, like I say, they could be on ledges. They could be on flats, you know, and another thing you got to think about, too, is during the wintertime, when you have rain like we just had and the water's muddy, that water's going to heat up a lot faster, shallow, where the muddy water is because it's getting all the sunlight, so you've got fish that you may be fishing in 20 foot of water and it's muddy water and you're catching those fish four and five foot deep. Because if those fish are pulling up shallow to that warm yeah, water, to that, to that warm water.
0: Huh? Do you change what you fish with this time of year, or do you still kind of stick with the, the the same baits that you have used in the past, whether it's shiners or whether it's a jig?
1: Yeah, you know, usually this time of the year, probably ninety eight percent of my clients likes to minifish. fish. You know, that's the way their, their daddy did it, their granddaddy did it, their, granddaddy, their great granddaddy did it, and that's the way they want to, you know, to do it. You know, the gener- younger generation wants to jig fish more, but, you know, probably 98% of my clients wants to fish, So I do it pretty much the same way. You know, if, if I'm fishing this time of the year I like to use a smaller minute because you want to slow that, that bait. You know, the smaller the bait during the wintertime, it seems like the better the bite. The slower movement that you can have during the winter time, the better the bite. So you, they're not as active as they are, you know, during the summertime. So, but as far as you know, fishing the depths, like I say, usually you can look on your on your. And I have Humminbird, you know, the Mega Twelve, and I've got the uh, Mega Live. You can look at them on your side screen, your down imaging, or the Mega Live. You can see kind of where the fish is holding and that's kind of where you want to fish. The fish, like I say, warmer warmer days, you know, we may fish, you know, the rod, we may fish it five or six foot deep if that's kind of where the fish is holding. And then, you know, there may be times they may be holding 10 or 12 foot, so we just drop it down, you know, eight to 10 foot and, you know, they'll come up and hit it. But watching that depth finder, seeing kind of where those fish are, and some days, you know they're a little more active than others, but most of the time during the winter months here on Lake Uplaw, they're not as active. So you almost have to put that bait, you know, pretty much in front of them.
0: Will this kind of be the pattern through the winter?
1: It will, yes, sir. The down here, the winter bite is is not real aggressive. You catch to me, it seems like you catch a lot bigger fish, but the bite is a little slower. But you can still produce fish, but. You know, that crappy usually wants a smaller bait. If you are moving it, you don't want a whole lot of movement. And it's like they just come up real slow to it and then they go in and ambush it and just look like they pull it in their mouth. We even had some this past week will, that will come up to the bait and sit there and hold it in his mouth. So you really don't even know you got a fish because he's just sitting there holding it in his mouth. Oh, but you, know, you may pull it up, check him in, and, you know, there may be a fish on it even though with those, you know, being them diamond series rods that a lot of times you see a little twitch at the end, but you know, sometimes those fish just come up there and just like sneak up on it and just like suck it in their mouth and they just sit well, there and they, hold it.
0: Man. I had a, uh, <clears throat> I had a guy on a few weeks ago from the mobile Delta. So I thought it was really interesting. He, uh, he fishes, uh, he fishes a manna on bottom and then about 10 inches, 12 inches above that, he'll put a jig and that's how he fishes pretty much year round with, you know, has both on there. And I found it really interesting that, you know, and he's live scope, you know, uh, or, or, you know, whatever kind he has, but he says, you know, it's, it's really weird. Some days, um, sometimes a year, some days you, you'll see that fish swim up there to the, to the to the shiner and go up and hit the jig, and then other days he'll look at the jig and go down and hit the shiner. He said this it's really weird. Some days they just prefer something different about it. And you would think in your mind you'd think, well, they always gonna hit live bait better. i master mean, natural forage, but he said, you know, what you know, you see them. You like you are talking about, you see them swim up and put it in the mouth. Anyway, I found it really, really, really uh pretty cool information that. You know, different days, they like different things.
1: Yeah. Some days they want that little jig twitching across real slow. And I have been, and I've just set my rod in the rod holder with a jig just sitting there and just like a deadhead, they just come up there and hit it. You know, I mean, no, no twitching, no moving, but I'm sure up under that water, you know, if there's any little current, you know, that jig is probably twitching a little bit. You know what I'm sure.
0: saying? Yeah. You know, at least something, right. the rod holder. Yeah. Yeah. It's got something, at least a little something. Yeah. yeah. But you're and, catching some yeah. big fish.
1: Well, we're catching some really nice fish on Lake Eufaula right now. I mean, some some good slabs. And it's not a lot of big numbers, but it's big fish. Yeah. You know, like I think usually when we went, we had probably had 40. You know, there was you know, the, the two guys and myself, which is I don't fish a whole lot when i go i mainly just you know help them but you know that's a pretty good catch this time of the year for that quality of fish that we caught
0: well and i was just fixing to say I, these listeners need to understand that when you're saying it's slower than it normally is you're still limited out i see the pictures right. tony i know you're still catching fish <laughs> a lot <Yeah>. of them.
1: <laughs> and, and then you know the you know if you've really thought about how many you turn back, you know, because they're too small or you know whatever. Because I mean, we we turn some back, you know, if they're if they're too small, we will just turn them back, which would still be good eating size fish. You know, my my grandmother would probably you know have a fit for some of those that we we turn back because I mean she liked some about you know four fingers long, you know, and that's some of the you know my grandmother and grandfather. I mean, that's the best eating fish there was was you know some about the size of four fingers. Heck yeah. But, you know, so you can pick, pick the bones and all that good stuff. I mean, a lot of people now wants everything filleted because it's a lot easier. You got to pick the bones and stuff like that. But when I was a little boy, you know, I remember going and granting and there were some, you know, I'm I'm just – luckily, you know, they was big enough they didn't, you know, swim through the live whale well plug and escape, you know. Yeah. That's, that's the only chance he had to get back if he, you know – Swam through the live well plug
0: hey look granddaddy wasn't throwing nothing back papa was keeping everything (laughs) he wasn't throwing nothing back he's trying to feed them kids man Times were tough back then (laughs) trying to feed them kids (laughs) and you know that that was some good eating i mean you sat there
1: and i mean it took you longer to eat you know fish back then you know from picking around the bones but then you're talking about that and some hush puppies oh man stop mm. yeah you're right
0: is there a size limit in follow for crappie?
1: On Lake Eufaula, there's not because we're tied to Georgia. Okay. Lake Eufaula does have a – I mean, not Lake Eufaula. Alabama has a size limit, but Lake Eufaula does not because, you know, we border Georgia, and Georgia does not have a slot, slot limit. So you can keep whatever size you want. What is Gears it? Cannot... What's
0: the limit in, in Alabama? I don't even know. I should know that. You know, not the limit, but the mistakes. size.
1: You know, I'd I probably have to Google it. I think they're 9 or 10, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But Lake Eiffel does have a 30, you know, you, 30 is the max. That you can
0: catch, season. right. That's right. You know, it was really interesting. Um, I, I had um, the, the state biologist on last week for District 2, uh, Mike Holly, and, and we were talking about bass fishing on the, on the coos and the talapoos and some of the challenges that they're having right now and, uh, but we started talking about crappie too, and actually the bet the next big study that they're doing with Auburn University is a crappie study, uh, and how and the effect that live scope and things like that and all the electronics are having on fish, and th- it's a whole big broad study. But it's, it'll be really cool. But they they had also reached out to, uh, he said they had reached out to the guy that's the supervisor for over Grenada and Enid and, and Sardis, which is, you know, known as giant crappie capital of the world, I, I, I guess. And um, anyway, so their, their size limit, it's got to be 12 inches to keep one over there. And you can only keep 15. And so Alabama was looking at that, going, hey, we want to replicate what these guys are doing because they're catching such big crappie. Maybe we should look at going to 12. Well you know better than anybody a 12 inch crappie is a big crappie oh that's a good fish and when they started studying it they said well let's do some research let's do some study let's see if that'll work in alabama well when they started studying it they found that it takes a crappie in most your alabama lakes it takes a crappie four to five years to get 12 inches in alabama in grenada and enid and Sardis, it takes two years for them to get twelve wow. inches. Huge difference uh, in how fast they grow uh, in you know in those lakes compared to ours. And and you know in talking through that with him, it's you know they've they've got a couple of things. First, they're in the most fertile soil. Those lakes are in the most fertile soil, maybe in the country. Uh, so you know it's like fertilizing a lake year round there, right? And then their their food source their 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 shad don't get as big, uh, they stay about two to three inches uh, instead of you know some of our threadfin shad get five six seven inches. Well, they, so they've got the perfect size bait there to 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 help them grow. But anyway, I thought that was really some pretty insightful information that that how how old it takes a crappie to be twelve inches. Here in the state of Alabama. You know,
1: and I've, I've had several of my friends go to, you know, to Mississippi, Grenada, and places, and, and you know, and I've never been, but they listen to them talk. I mean, they may pull out there, and there may be 20 or 30 crappy fishermen fishing the lake, you know, just right there in seeing distance. And here on this lake, Lake fall, you know, during the spawn, you see a bunch, but after that, you know, you may go from one side of the lake to the other, and you may not see but two or three people fishing it for crappy. Right. So our lake is, you know, and this is the way I feel and listen to some biologists and game boards that that I talk to is, you know, it's just overpopulated. You know, I mean, it's just, there's crappy just, I mean, they produce so fast. There's not enough, you know, people out there fishing for them that's harvesting them, you know, to get some of the population out, so if you yeah, had to go to a twelve-inch crappie, then it would take, you know, would it stun the crappie? You know what I'm saying? Would they ever right. get
0: twelve? Would they ever get twelve inches? Yeah, that's right. It, it, it's so different in in Alabama than it is in in Mississippi and in North Louisiana. You know, um, the people I know, you know, like my dad, fishing crappie fishermen in North Louisiana. You'll go to some of those larger lakes there. And uh, especially when the crappie are biting, and you can't get your um, there's no place to park your truck to get in the to, at the boat ramp. And every single person there is a crappie fisherman. You won't see any bass fishermen. If you do, they're very few and far between. Same way on Grenada and Enid and Sardis, the, everybody on that lake is a crappie fisherman. Where here in Alabama, it's just like you said. You'll see an occasional crappie fisherman, but most 80 or 90% of the boats you see are bass fishermen. And I don't know why that is, uh, unless their bass fishing is just really bad. And so people, if they're going to fish, they have to crappie fish.
1: (laughs) Well, like I say, I'm out there a lot of days and those days that I'm out there, I mean, I'll be lucky maybe to see one person out there crappie fishing. Now I'm not running from South to the North end all the way. But I'm I would be lucky to see one other than the spawn. The spawn it seemed like everybody fishes, you know, for the spawn, right? But, you know, summertime and wintertime, there's You got very it to yourself. That's right, yes, sir. Yeah. And like I say, if you if you cut back to twelve inch, you know, my grandfather and grandmother used to have a pond, and you know, when I was growing up. Me and my buddies and cousins and everybody would go to that pond and would fish. Well, we always caught decent fish. I mean, good, eating size fish. Well, you know, after they passed away, you know, the, you know their friends passed away. Then the next thing you know, a lot of people didn't even know the pond was there anymore. So nobody never fished it. Well, We went back a couple years ago, and I mean, every fish we caught was, you know, two three fingers. And you know, the pond has got overpopulated. Well, the only thing you can do. start catching those fish throwing them on the bank i see or either drain it and start back over because you know or either get you 10 or 12 you know 10 12 pound bass and put in there and start fishing it you know so you can get that get your rotation and your sizes back where you need to be because it just got overpopulated i think the lake would be the same way if you if they looked at lake you fall because it's not fished enough i don't think you'd have enough harvest coming out to get those fish any bigger you know, what I'm saying yeah I think
0: he would back up I think I think you're you're right because there's not enough fishermen on those lakes I think I think it would have the reverse effect that they would intend. I think your fish would get smaller because their the right. population is already so big there that if you know if you even increase that more then um you know I think you jeopardize all those fish being stunted not enough food food source and forage for them. Oh, and everybody's got so,
1: different opinions you know I, I, my opinion would be j- jump the limit up to 50 a person you know try to harvest some of the ones that we've got out in the lake but still there's not enough fishermen even to harvest them and the ones that does fish now you know a lot of them won't keep but you know six or eight fish just enough for a meal right you know, they won't they won't keep the limit which you know like I say lake Falls is just overpopulated with crappy you know but
0: And good for you, and good for you, right? (laughs) You like it, you don't have no trouble, that's for sure. (laughs) All right, brother. Well, man, I appreciate it. You know, I got to get a tip of the day for you. If somebody's coming down to you, follow. You know, my tip would be you know, you pull up on that brush pile, you ain't
1: got a a bite in 10 minutes. I'd probably pull up and go somewhere else, at least if you're fishing brush piles, and, and check. You know, all different depth waters. I mean, don't look for just, you know, 20-foot waters or 12-foot of water because those fish are moving. So you need to move and, and just keep looking for them, and you'll find them.
0: That's a great tip, Tony. Hey, man, I appreciate you as always, brother. And uh, yes, stay Thank safe you, out brother. there. Hey, give us give us your contact info now. Somebody okay, needs to book yes. a trip with you down there, and you follow this winter.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tony Adams, phone number is 334-695-3003. That's Tony Adams, 334-695-3003, or you can look me up, you know, through Facebook, you know, Tony Adams, or Gone Fishing with Tony in Lake Eufaula, Alabama, you know, and send me a message and I'll. You could probably
0: by. Google how to catch the most crappie in Lake Eufaula and your name would probably pop up. <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate that <laughs> all right guys hey y'all call tony book a trip with him and you and and, and get on it because he stays booked up so tony man we appreciate it look forward to talking to you again soon brother
1: okay brother thank you very much all right y'all take have care all right bye all right.
0: end of another great segment well let's take a couple more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors this segment was brought to you by alabamafishingshow.com the all new Alabama fishing show is coming to Gaston, Alabama at the venue at Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive, March the 10th through the 12th. The only true fishing show in Alabama, featuring all things fresh and salt water. If you fish, don't miss the latest fishing gear, equipment, apparel, custom tackle, lures, rods and reels, and electronics and guides. March the 10th through the 12th $10 for adults, $8 for kids, 5 and under are free. Tickets are available online or at the door. Free parking. Learn more at alabamafishingshow.com. We hope to see you there. And brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. And brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors mallardbay.com is the airbnb style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures the mallard bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the u.s you can browse trips and prices by state or species select the dates you'd like to go message outfitters and secure your dates all from one platform mallardbay.com not sure where you want to go yet reach out on instagram or facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt all right guys welcome back to the show always love having tony adams on here man the guy just catches crappie uh, he, book a trip with him you're gonna limit out you're gonna catch fish and uh and have a great time for sure, down at follow but let's talk about some bass fishing with one of my other favorite guests, Mr. Logan Parks. What's going on, Logan? Not much, man. How about you? Man, I'm doing good, buddy. I'm doing good. How about yourself? Doing good. Doing good up here in Tennessee
2: right now, trying to shoot a couple of ducks, but, uh, but don't get to do that often. Um, it's, it's a whole bunch of fun for sure. What part of Tennessee are you in? I'm in, uh, I'm at real foot Lake, kind of just West Tennessee, West Tennessee.
0: Yeah, man. I won't be far from you. Uh, probably Saturday, I think is when I'm going up to Western Kentucky up, uh, around Kentucky Lake and, uh, Paducah, which is just a little West of, um, Kentucky Lake. But, uh, we'll be up there deer hunting me and my son here in a couple of days. Heck, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. Y'all got water, man? Y'all got ducks? We got a few. We killed uh, 29 today, so it's
2: pretty good. Greenheads? Uh, some greenheads, some teal, some uh, gab wall, and some widgeons.
0: Hey, that's a good day, man. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's a good day. But this ain't a hunting duck hunting show. We got to talk about fishing, Logan. And uh, I know so you 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 wrapped up the tournament series for the year. And, uh, man, almost made it, uh, almost, almost made it to the top. What you got to be the top three. And, uh, you came, you can't, you had a good run, man. You, you came dang close. A lot of people fish a long, long time trying to make it. And I uh, don't get as close as you did this year. So one more spot next year, man. One more. Yeah.
2: Hopefully next year we'll be the, the first man in instead of the first man out. But yeah, right, definitely
0: great season it was a good season man well where you been fishing lately i've been spending a lot of time on lake martin now that i'm home for good
2: been getting out there as much as i can and uh you know just fishing fishing with some of my buddies taking some other people out it's been a blast man it's starting to get pretty good it's getting better it seems like every week as we get colder and colder weather coming in that water temp- temperature starts to fall down um the the fishing is definitely picking up
0: what so how how does lake martin going into these winter months and with the water temperature going down how does the fishing change there to to make it better or the fish just do they school up better what makes it better
2: yeah i think with the water temperature coming down the fish kind of get less and less i guess scattered out and they get more bait oriented so uh you go from like this past weekend when i went out to lake martin i mean we caught close to 30 bass both days but um as soon as that water temp gets below 55 degrees you know and they get more and more heavy on the bait and they're a lot easier to find out there offshore i mean you start having those 50 60 70 even 100 fish days uh, which is a total blast you know and you can kind of just sit there in one place and catch them so that's It just kind of concentrates them a little bit better, in my opinion.
0: Heck yeah! Well, are you seeing them? It sounds like you're catching a lot of fish. Are you? What about the size? Any decent size to them, or just? I mean, Lake Martin's not known for big fish, obviously, but still catch some good ones out there.
2: Yeah, man, I like to get out there, you know, offshore with the panoptics and uh, or just any forward facing sonar, really, and watching them cruise through the bait and eating the bait and uh, throw baits you know, to those suspended fish, because I love sight fishing, you know, any kind of sight fishing, it's just fun, it's exciting, and seeing one shoot up to your bait is just, you know, it's it's pretty incredible, so that's what, you know, I like to do this time of year, and you're not catching a whole lot of, you know, really not catching big fish, but you're catching a lot of numbers, and eventually you'll run into, you know, a two, two and a half pound spotted bass, which is always a fun time, but most everything you're catching, you know, is anywhere from a pound to two pounds. But, you know, when you're catching 20 to 30 to 40 fish, it's it's just it's a fun. lot of fun.
0: That's a lot of fun. Have you, you know, I, I don't know if you, uh, if you haven't listened to last week's show, you should go listen to it. We had the district two uh, supervisor, fishery supervisor for the state that's over the Talapusa and the Kusa River systems. Uh, he was on last week and, you know, there's been a lot of discussion I'm sure you've seen on social media, you know, that seems like the last few months, you know, discussion about how the lakes are going down, how people aren't catching as many fish, they're not catching as big a fish. And of course, you know, everybody wants somebody to blame for that. Right. And I get that. Uh, but I mean, do you notice, have you noticed a difference than say five years ago?
2: Yeah, definitely on Lake Martin, but I think like four or five years ago, I think there was a lot more blueback herring in the lake. Um, I don't really know know, how they got there because it's not, I guess, legal to put them into Lake Martin, but somehow they got in Lake Martin and they kind of took off like one year. it was about four years ago. And the size of the, you know, the average size of fish on Lake Martin were incredible. I mean, I've never caught, a whole lot of three plus pound fish out of there and we had a tournament we weighed 16 pounds and we didn't even get a check which is unreal for that place um, yeah the weight was good the fish were super fat super aggressive just feeding like crazy and i guess those blue herring hearing just didn't really have a great spawn or the stripe raid them all or i don't you know i don't really know what happened but it just hasn't been the same since and i did hear i don't know you can maybe fact check me on this, but a buddy of mine told me there was a study done that said it takes a spotted bass on Lake Martin an average of eight years to reach two pounds. What? Which is really, really pitiful. Um I don't really know uh if that's true or not, but based on the size of the fish that I catch out there, I, I would think that's probably pretty accurate. And I think the problem is there's just really uh it's, it's very overcrowded with little, you know, 12, 13, 14 inch fish with just not enough bait for them to feed on. Um, I would love personally if they would look into, you know, potentially stocking some blueback herring because I think, I think it would really, really help the lake. Um, you know, it it would just fatten up all the fish, you know, the striper guys would keep catching, you know, big striper. I think it would help them get even bigger and you could go from catching, you know, those, one one and a half pounders to you know catching two two and a half three pounders more relevantly.
0: Yeah, and and, and I mean everywhere you see the blueback herring and you know the lakes flourish. It seems like, and and you're right. I know that I had a lot of people on the show even a couple years ago talking about the the herring and 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 the health of the fish because of it. But you know that hasn't really been mentioned much in the last year or two. So you're, you're, it's very interesting. I don't know if they've, if they're just not as many of them or if they're kind of dissipated, but it's, it'd be curious to know more about that. Do they spray the weeds? Uh, do they do grass control spray in Martin?
2: Um, not that I know of, but there's really not much at all. You know, there was more bank grass this year than I've really seen out there in a while. Um, and some of it was pretty good, but it's just, uh. I mean, it's just like willow grass you know there's not like really kind of any invasive species grass that i know of that they've been spraying out there
0: yeah i i, I know they do I, on you know i know they do in logan martin and and some of the other lakes i always thought the state did it it was interesting in that podcast last week uh to find out that it's it's really it's alabama power who controls the spraying not the state but You know, that's one of the big controversies right now is, hey, you know, where y'all are, one of the reasons that it's it's detrimental to the bass because the fry don't have anywhere to hide. And thus there's a low survival rate. So then you start seeing, you know, which if there's a low survival rate for bass, it's the same. It's probably true for the shad and things like that. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, there's some studies out there. I saw some studies today that were showing that 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 it doesn't make any impact. That you know, um, fisheries that they have sprayed grass in and studied produced just as good, uh, and sometimes better than than lakes that don't have grass. But I don't know. I'm sure you could find studies combating that. But what's your, what's your thought on the grass?
2: man I, i'm really no definitely not the right person probably to be asking about the grass i'm not an expert on that by any means but i do know that when you had hydrilla in it several years ago about you know five six years ago like when there was herring in lake martin when there was a lot when there was a lot of hydrilla in lake eufala it was one of the best lakes in the country no doubt in my mind and it's still good but man they killed like literally every bit of that hydrilla that i've seen i haven't there was a lot down the lake that was really really good and it's just all gone it hasn't come back ever since i'm not sure how they sprayed it so effectively but they really killed it and um, i think that the personally the fishery has gone downhill the weights are lower than they have been you know they keep getting worse and worse like you know the certain times of the year you'll still catch big bags out there and i mean it's still got plenty of big fish but they're just not as concentrated and doesn't seem like uh it just doesn't seem like it's fishing as good as it was back when well, there was a lot of grass
0: and right? that's the question logan is and, and i don't know if there's an answer to it yet but is it the fact that there's not That the weights are down, that there's not as many bass, or is it the fact that when you have hydrilla or you have a lot of grass in an area, it just makes it fishable. It makes the fish concentrate in a certain area to where you can catch more fish and bigger fish. You know, I mean, is there just as many bass and just as big a bass as in Eufaula? They're just not as catchable because they're not concentrated in the same areas there was then. And I think that's the unknown. But I know for a fisherman, we like a little grass. <laughs> it makes yeah,
2: sense. no doubt. I think <laughs> yeah. definitely, uh, I mean, I I know people, you know, I guess they spray grass for mosquitoes and other reasons, but I just don't, it's not like Lake Uphala is like a huge pleasure boat or lake like Lake Martin or Logan Martin. I just don't really understand why they're so keen on spraying that stuff um, and spraying every last bit of it but you know kind of back to like the lake martin thing while they're not spraying grass one thing that i think that could they could you know that would help the fishery i've already mentioned is you know stocking bait you know focusing on getting that food population up for those bass to feed on but another thing that i think is really important is watching the water levels during the spawn and um you know trying not to fluctuate it when those water temperatures get right because it can really mess the spawn up in my opinion for the whole year You know, they only spawn one time in, in the whole year and if uh, they decide to bring that water level up because they drop it every year right when that water temperature gets right or right when they're in the middle of spawning I think it can really throw the whole thing off and then you have a whole year's worth of fry that are you know they just didn't spawn as good there's not not as good of a spawn that kind of thing too is really important i think
0: yeah i i would agree with that i would agree with that too well on lake martin right now you know you talked about finding the fish feeding on bait and uh you know scooting a little bit better and a little easier to find i mean what are you what are you fishing with so you're going out in the lake you're finding the bait fish with your side scan or forward facing sonar or whatever you're finding them with And then you're, um, so you're locating the, the, you're looking for the bait fish, right? First. Yeah. I
2: look for the bait. Um, and you can catch some random ones out there, not on anything, but the bait really helps draw them in.
0: So how do you go about on Lake Martin? How do you go about finding the bait? Are you visually looking on top of the water or most of the time I would think you're looking at your electronics?
2: Yeah. I just sit down and idle and I look at my sonar and like my down scan um, and I just try and pretty much just find bait, just, you know, just idle over until I see a big cloud of them. Then I'll put the trolling motor in the water because I know there's some bait there. There might be some bass and I'll start trolling around and, and hopefully find more bait and be able to tell if it's just bait or if there's fish under them that I, get, I, I can catch or, you know, what all of this down there. So that's well, kind of the. My... Uh,
0: so when you find them, what's some of your go-to baits?
2: Well, this time of year, man, with it being uh, still pretty warm, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Like I I normally like to, to throw something a little slower sinking, but they've been really deep for me. The ones I've been seeing have been like 40 foot down, and they're swimming really fast because they're swimming through that bait and constantly chasing that bait. So not only are they really like, they're, I mean, they're really active, so they're kind of easy to catch when you get your bait near them. But at the same time, they're really difficult to catch because it's difficult to get your bait down there in time, if that makes sense. So I've been going with like a five-eighths or one-ounce, like jigging Spoon, just so I can get down there to them as quick as possible before they get, you know, off the screen. Like if they're swimming away, you know, they may be swimming to the right or to the left. And you kind of almost have to judge which way they're going and kind of like intercept them, if that makes sense. Yeah,
0: and they get something heavy like that spoon that gets down there in a hurry.
2: Yeah, because you throw like a quarter ounce, you know, Ned Rig or Swim Bait or anything that you might normally throw, and by the time it sinks down there, they're freaking half a mile away. (laughs) Yeah, they go.
0: I got some spoons I need to uh, – a guy sent me a whole box of spoons I need to, to get with you and let you try some of them. They're good looking, good looking spoons. That's for sure. Oh um, yeah,
2: man, for sure. I'm a, I'm a big fan of spoons.
0: Heck yeah, i i We'll meet up and I'll get them to you. But so, um, man, so you, you know, usually when we're talking to you, you're talking about tournament fishing, and and and, um, you know, you've been doing so much of that, but you're you're also getting into the guiding business in the off season, in the tournament off season now, right?
2: Yes sir, that uh that is my plan. I'm uh going to be gone for pretty much until January. I'm going to be tied up, but as soon as January rolls around, I'm going to plan on starting to guide full-time and I'll I'll carry that on throughout the year when I'm at home and I'm not away on a tournament, you know, I'm going to be trying to book as many trips as I can. You now, I I'm just really passionate about, you know, taking people out helping them learn how to fish and learn how to use their electronics and, you know, just watching people kind of figure it out. It's really fun to help people learn. And that's something that I enjoy to do. And I'd love to, you know, be able to help, help, you know, potential future high school kid his electronics out and take it from there. So that's my plan. I'm going to try and guide as much as I can when I'm at home and I'm not busy. And, uh, I'm going to do, you know, several different trips. I'll probably do like a half day trip and a full day trip. And I'll probably also offer like an electronics training trip where I can just jump in the boat with whoever and help them learn their electronics as well. well what a,
0: You know, we've talked about that so much on the show and we have other guys that we've talked about that do that in other lakes, but what a, what a good service that is, man, you see people go out and. And hey, I'm I'm a prime, I'm your I'm, I need to be your prime candidate for for teaching to use electronics because I'm I'm terrible with mine and I know I am I, I but uh, I've got a lot to learn on there but so many people go out and you spend all this money on really nice equipment but if you don't know how to use it to the best of its ability then you're you're shorting yourself and there's a lot of things that you guys know that. Uh, you know how to use it, you know, how to get the most out of it and to get somebody in the boat and teach them how to do that. That's invaluable to them in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's
2: crazy, man. There's, there's a lot of people out there with five graph setups, you know, like they got all three brands of the electronics and, uh, they, you know, they're not super familiar with how to use them. And I run Garmin, Lorantz and Hummingbird. Because there's certain things I like about all three different brands. I don't really work with any set brand, so I'm very familiar with all of them, and uh, I can help teach you know teach people about all three of them, why I like certain ones for what. But if you uh, if you're investing all that money in your graphs, I definitely think it's important to also invest in learning how to use them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they one of the most valuable tools that we have in fishing
0: yeah no doubt no doubt about that and that's why you need to teach me so yeah we can do it for sure so when you get back from your little vacation you're fixing to go on me and you're gonna get in the boat and yeah, do some man. fishing I'll and, you and some you're gonna have to train me up a little bit
2: i'll say some stuff out there man that'll blow your mind it's crazy it's viewers learn so much about the fish um when you start finding them on your electronics and watching them and following them and seeing how they react to things.
0: Yeah, that's cool. What do you have on your kayak?
2: On my kayak? Yeah. I've got a, uh, I have got I do not have anything on it yet. I'm going to run a, uh, forward facing sonar unit on it next year. Are sure. you really? Yeah. I'm, I'm planning on fishing some kayak tournaments and, uh, from what I can tell, from the outside looking in, I'm not, you know, I've never fished one, but it seems like most of these guys that are pretty competitive in the kayak fishing scene, the tournament scene, is uh, they they've got graphs on their boat, they've yeah. got um, a trolling motor on their kayak, like they've got two 12 inch units, you know. So I'm probably not going to go that far, but I definitely plan on having a forward facing sonar unit with me on the kayak.
0: Well, I know that there's, I know that with the kayak trail, there's, there's two different, I think there's two different things. There's one that you can use a trolling motor and one that you can't, and I'm not sure. And that maybe that's changed. I know at one time that was like one, one trail you couldn't use it on. And one you could use a trolling motor on, uh, I've got a seven inch side, you know, hummingbird on mine with side imaging and down imaging, but I don't have a trolling motor, so I I don't have the forward facing sonar, but um but yeah you that's what we need to do man we need to get a kayak in, and you can uh we can we can you can help me set that up and learn how to use that side imaging a little bit better and and what i have on my boat
2: yeah man absolutely i'd love to help
0: Uh, a good deal man well hey look i'm 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 so glad i finally get to ask you this question that i asked most all my other callers but never been able to ask you before but if somebody wants to contact you to book a trip with you to i mean you're going to be guiding lake martin i'm assuming logan martin lay i'm I'm sure you'll be at all those places if they want to catch fish or if they want to book an electronics trip what's the best way for them to contact you
2: yeah man i'm I'm probably going to mostly be on martin but you know i'm also open to going really anywhere that Anybody wants to go, uh, depending on how far away it is. But if you want to get in touch with me, you know, just shoot me a text or give me a call and tell me who you are and, you know, kind of what you're looking for. But my number is 334-332-6211. So that's how you can reach me right now. Um, I'm working on getting my, my guide page kind of finalized and set up. And when I do, I'll, you know, share that on my social media. My Instagram is Logan Parks Fishing. And my TikTok is the same. My Facebook is the same. My YouTube is the same. Just Logan Parks Fishing. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'll share that on social media. But I will have a guide service where you can go on, or yeah, a guide service page where you can go on through the Fishing Chaos app um, and book trips with me through there. So it's, it's very simple. You can pay through that. Um, and hopefully we'll have all of that squared away, you know, by the time January rolls around and I'm getting ready to start taking people. Um, but you know, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me, shoot me a text, give me a call, or, you know, just message me on social media at Logan parks fishing. And I would, you know, be happy to help.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, we appreciate you Logan. And, uh, I know I'm going to get you to start. I know I'm going to get you to co-host some shows with me here before long And, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. We'll get that rolling, but guys, if y'all are wanting to book a trip, give Logan a call Lake Martin area, even the surrounding areas and, uh, man, get on the books with him now. And, uh, as he builds this thing up, because I know, I know the further you get along in this thing, you're going to book up really quick. And, uh, I wish the best of luck to you on that, man. I know you'll do well, but take care man. Always appreciate you, brother.
2: Yes, sir. Thanks a lot.
0: Y'all have a good one. All right, guys, let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. LM Marine has something for everyone, from small hunting boats, pontoon boats, to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. LM Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. And brought to you by United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch united bank all loans subject to credit approval equal housing opportunity lender member fdic all right guys welcome back to the show uh great segment with logan uh awesome young man he always does a great job love having logan parks on here and uh, y'all be sure to reach out to logan and book a trip with him i know he's trying to to get his business uh rolling with his guide service so uh Man, the guy knows his electronics. He knows how to catch fish. You can't win a million dollars and not know how to catch fish. And, uh, and Logan's got that part figured out. But anyway, let's move on to our next segment. I'm really, really excited about our next segment. Uh, man, the one thing we all know, or if you don't know, you, you, you're you not around the fishing world a lot, is that this high school bass fishing thing has taken off like crazy and man I, i'm just super excited and honored to have the director for the airport marine high school bass fishing tour tournament trail mr greg beard and all greg what's going on buddy oh uh, not much how are you i'm doing good man did i say all that right by the way did i get that right yes yes i'm just the uh director
3: of the airport marine high school trail we're uh local here in alabama but we fish uh, the whole state
0: so when you say you're local here in Alabama, what high schools? Is it is just a certain region of high school, or is it for all high schools teams in the state can fish it? Any high school
3: in the state can fish it. Actually, if, if somebody wanted to come from another state and fish it, they could, they could fish it. They just need to uh, be a member of bass. Uh, they have a, what they call a high school membership. It's a discounted membership. Versus a adult membership and it, uh, once they got a bass ID, they can, they can sign up and fish any of our tournaments.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, first of all, hats off for you for taking this on, man. It's a a director of, of these things is, is it's a lot to put together and a lot on your shoulders with making it all happen. And and man, with the the growth that this high school fishing has had, I know you have been a very busy man. So thank you for what you do for, for these high schoolers and our youth and, uh, and being part of that. Um, but you know, talking about growth and I I, I've mentioned that twice already, but let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, how, first of all, how, how long have you been doing this? And let's kind of talk about the growth that you've seen since you've been involved
3: well I, I started uh with with my daughter she was in the seventh grade and she's in her twenties now and she fished all the way through high school and went on and fished in college but i started out as a boat captain for her well uh she just wanted to fish and uh she didn't make the softball team that really bothered her one year so she just uh she said i'm a, i'm gonna fish and and i'm gonna i'm gonna be competitive and she had never fished before by the way so she uh she really put her head down and started fishing, and and uh, she actually started really doing good. So we uh, just kept on and on and on. So after a couple of years, I said, "Hey, wherever you want to fish, whenever you want to fish, we'll fish." And I think that's kind of the mindset of a lot of these dads nowadays. Is these kids? They uh, they fish. They fish. It, 50 50 weeks out of the year it seems like uh it, it just keeps going and going and going but we uh the, there's a guy named Flynn gerald that has run every tournament for airport marine for years he's a boxing legend just like a super guy he run the tournament by himself with one lady i have a i have a support staff that uh, i mean we're, 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 they may be a little bit bigger. They may be a little bit smaller. I don't remember when Flynn run them, but I do know I can't run them like he can. And he retired, and when he did, I, I, I had always told him I'd be glad to help. Well, they uh, airport marine contacted me and said, if "You want to do it? Let's let's do it." So I just thought, you know, hey, I'd just show up and weigh some fish. It's a it's a <laughs> lot more to it than that. <laughs> it's a
0: lot more to it than that. <laughs> yeah, I would have been yeah. the same way, but. Uh, let's let's get back to your daughter just a second before we move on um so i'm assuming you were already a fisherman yes sir and then she just but she was not and then but she just decided that i want to fish i want i want to do this and 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 that's where it kind of started and um uh, yeah. and then she ended up going where'd she go to college
3: uh she started out at the university of Montebello the first girl uh at the university of Montebello to gain a fishing scholarship. So her college, if she would have chose to continue to go to Montebello would have been paid, you know, most of it would have been paid for through what they have a program called the outdoor scholars program.
0: Unbelievable and program. Yes.
3: Unbelievable man, yeah. the, that, that university, what they put into that program. I mean, there, there's a reason that they're uh, winning national championships fishing right now.
0: Well, they got, a, they got a guy running that whole program that is jam up good as they come
3: it is good as they come and uh i hated that she didn't want to stay there but you know she, by that time she was a young lady and i couldn't uh force her hand as much as i could when she was in high school <laughs> right so, um she left there and fished at jacksonville state for a little while and finished that finished out uh, with a dental hygienist degree so
0: that's all she's sh-
3: she still fishes with me uh me and her old fish local tournaments together when she has a chance but she loves fishing now
0: man that that, that is awesome and you know times have changed a lot since then. Since, i don't know how you are how old you are i'm 52 so i'm getting on up there but uh times have changed a lot since, since i was growing up and a, and a teenager and a you know in high school age i mean when you know, my mom and daddy had to, had that, that had to find us. And, you know, we didn't, we were never at home. We was out doing something, hunting, fishing, something all the time. And man, I, I, I don't know where it changed or why it changed, but that's not the norm anymore. And, and that's what I love about this high school fishing is it gets these kids out in front of off their cell phone out in front of the game, whatever game they play in, and uh, off the couch and get some outside back in the outdoors, which is how we basically grew up, but it's not the same yeah.
3: now. No, it, it's not. It's not. But uh, what I've seen is, mean, I come from the, the same th- thing. I'm not quite 50 yet, but I'm getting close. I'm knocking on the door. Uh, man, I grew up, and in, in I would get – I got spankings. Now I have done a lot of stuff bad, but I got spankings for not wanting to come in. I That's wanted to right. be outside. I wanted to be outside. I, I, my dad was in the military, so we uh, we was stationed in Alaska for a couple years. And I'm the guy taught me how to run little snares and traps and stuff. And I trapped when I was, man, I was in the third and fourth grade walking around out there. I mean, there's bears out there, and and I'm running snares and stuff as a kid. And, I mean, I just always That's had a awesome. love for that. Then, uh, my dad, my dad bought me a bow one year, and uh, I became, I started shooting archery, and I, I just fell in love with it. So, started shooting in tournaments and everything. And as I started shooting in tournaments, I started getting a little better. He said, "Hey, same thing my, I done for my daughter." He said, "Wherever these tournaments are, you find them, I'll take you." And uh, I ended up becoming, uh, later on down the road, as my daughter was born. I became a a world champion in competitive archery.
0: Man, that is awesome.
3: I shot for five years for Matthews Bows, was on their national pro staff, won a couple world championships, won numerous state championships in just about every state you could think of. And uh, so so I just, I love the competitive thing of it. Then when I got to where I couldn't compete, no more, I I went back to what I originally done and that was fishing. So, that's where i got to to the whole fishing thing but this uh the way this fishing is nowadays these guys that i'm seeing these kids are so good and so dialed into what they do they're man the guys the guys that that win and win regular they can win against me and you i'll give you a prime example there's a there's there's a guy he's 22 years old wesley gore he just recently competed in uh the Bassmaster Team Trail with his partner that was fifty-two years old. Well, this guy is a is a heck of a fisherman. But Wesley Gore came through the Airport Marine Trail and he won constantly. And then he went to Montevallo and he won in co- college. And then he's now he's out here fixing, you know, probably on the verge if he ain't became a professional fisherman. These kids when they come through the high school trail. And they're winning, they're they're ready to compete at a at a at the next level. They're they're already that good. Uh
0: yeah, there's there's no doubt, man. It's it's amazing. And and you know, I can just say this from a guy that's been hosting a, a, a fishing podcast for shoot three years now. You know, I, I have a lot of professional guys around the state call in, you know, weekly uh, guys that are doing it for a living that, you know, that guide or that fish tour. And, and then I have these high school, you know, I've had several high school guys that have called in lots of college guys that have been on the show, man, these guys, these young guys, they know, you feel like you're talking to a 50 year old that has been doing it their whole life. They're, they're right there. You know, they don't take a back seat. They know this fishing thing. and they are so good with these electronics; it's just unbelievable.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, and and you know, a, a lot of people we we always say that these guys are that good with their electronics. They don't. I tell people all the time they don't have to be that good with their electronics, but when it gets out there to the electronics, they're ahead of you. When you're yeah. up on the bank, they've already got it figured out too. These guys are. Uh, it's unbelievable what they what they know and what they can do, and and. You know, you got guys like, a, I know uh, Logan Parks has yep. been on your show a few times. I don't remember if he did, but like his partner, Tucker Smith, that won the million dollars with him, he came up through the Airport Marine Trail fishing. Hayden Marbet, which was his partner. Yep. They, back to back national champions. I mean, these guys have won thousands and thousands by the time they get into college. They've already, they know how to win and they know what it takes to win.
0: It, yeah, they're dialed a, in. They're dialed probably, in yeah. by then. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and Logan was going to co-host this show with me, this segment with me. I, I really wanted him to be on here, uh, with you and and he had something he had to, had to do.
3: It's probably really tough being a millionaire.
0: I know. Right. And 20, what 23? Responsibility. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's got some, yeah, right. I, I think he's up in Tennessee duck hunting right now. So he's not fishing. He's duck hunting, but, but yeah, these these guys are coming up and, and they, you know, they have, there's so much more information for kids that want to get into fishing. When I was coming up in Demopolis, Alabama, or when you were coming up, we knew what our dad told us. We knew what friends told us. We knew what we learned from trial and error. There was no such thing as YouTube and these kids today, they, if they're, if there's a certain situation, a certain thing they want to fish, or a certain time of year, whatever it may be, there's a YouTube video on it from somebody that knows what they're doing, and there's just so many resources out there right now to help kids become really good at what they're doing. And Absolutely. man, I, I I say it all the time. If you know, I, I was fortunate enough that I, I had a little curveball and and could could pitch a little bit and Auburn. Uh, gave me a scholarship to do that, and I'm grateful for it. But if they'd have had high school fishing in the Alabama, I'd have never picked up a baseball, I'd have been fishing. Uh, but we didn't have that opportunity.
3: (laughs) Now, I would have wanted to come to school a little more, a few more days too.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, let's talk about you know, let's talk about this this past year. How many events did y'all have? Kind of you know, what, how many people at the events, kind of how it's grown through that. And, and then we'll talk about what's, what's on the horizon for next year.
3: So on, on a typical year, we start our, we start our year off with the, with a fall after the kids get back in school about the time football kicks off. We kick off too with a September and we'll fish September, October, December, and then it's. Every month, the really. So really, only time we skip is July and August and November. And uh, I had a lady ask me last month, well, "Why? Why don't we fish November?" I said, "Ma'am, that that's when the rut is in the Midwest, and I, I'm going to deer hunt. I'm not going to miss that time of year." Uh, dang we can, right. We, and and July and August is just so hot, and school's not in session, so we skip those. But uh, we'll fish, like I said, we'll fish September, October. December, January, February, March, April, May, and then June, we wrap everything up with our classic. And then by that time, we've got the kids that's uh, qualified prepared to go on and fish for the uh, national championship.
0: Man, that's awesome. That's a lot of events during the year. That's for sure. So, what's your average turnout?
3: Uh, last year, it was around 150 boats per tournament with two kids in a boat. So, you know, you're looking at 300 kids roughly and 150 captains, and then usually at my weigh-ins, we'll I average, you know, about two parent, two kids or two adults per kid. So, uh, you know, the weigh-ins get pretty big. Now, they're not all there at one time, but in and out, you know, fluctuate and come yeah. and see their, their, their sons or their daughters weigh in. We have a well, good time.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So, now, how does the high school work? So, is it – are they fishing for – position and ranking or is there prize money
3: every every one of them is different but in my in our trail you they pay entropy and it, some of it is some of these schools support the teams and some of them have clubs that support themselves and what it is like where my daughter went to school the school paid for everything they paid for if you went to if you went out of town, you stayed in a motel, they paid for the motel. Yeah paid for the entry fee. The only thing they didn't pay for is the gas that the boat captains used in their boats and trucks.
0: Wow, that's pretty solid.
3: Yeah, yes. and, and a lot of these schools do that, and a lot of them don't. You know, some of them, these kids are out here uh, soliciting local businesses, and that's how they do. They raise money for their clubs and that covers their entry fees and their travels throughout the year. But what we do they they will go on they will go online and they will register. And sometimes it's the school register, sometimes it's the individual set register. And the way they do is they'll they'll register online and then the night before the tournament we'll have a we'll have a drawing and it'll draw out their boat number and then on saturday morning they'll show up and they'll get their boat number and we'll have our way ins flighted just like just like a men's tournament and there's some really really good money to be won in the in the trail we run ken hollis at airport marine he he believes in putting money back we're not out to uh to make a living off of uh off of their entry fees what we do is we're we're paying it back if uh if you ever just sit down and look at the breakdown of what we do and what we give back, it, uh, it's a lot of money.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, and, 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 you know, airport Marine is, they do such a good job with, with all their tournaments and, and, um, man, and, and, and they are a giving group that's for sure. So we appreciate Ken and, and all the guys there. I know you appreciate them. But, uh, I think the whole state probably appreciates them as well. Cause they do a, they do a great job and they have a great business too. I mean, I, that, I can't think of a much better Marine dealer to go to, to, to outfit you for fishing.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, he, you know, when it comes down to it, they're in the business to sell boats. So through the, through the, uh, high school trail, he wants to keep kids on the water fishing. He, that, that's the number one priority, sure. but it's the same. He wants to sell boats. So, you know, we, uh, we have some incentives for people when they do buy a boat through airport Marine, it helps with the bonuses and stuff. If, if they're in a qualified boat through airport Marine, I'll give you an example. If, if you went down and you had a son and you went down to airport Marine and you bought a Triton boat and you fished, you fished this coming Saturday, we've got a tournament this coming Saturday on Lake Jordan. And you showed up and, and you fished in that that, bo- that boat and your, your son won. Well, this is a Triton Gold event. So if you registered through Triton Gold and you paid that, I think it's $50 a year to be a member of Triton Gold. And your son won the event. That's $7,000 that you're going to win.
0: On top of whatever the tournament paid.
3: The tournament, as long as you've got the Airport Marine logo on your shirt, that's $500 for each kid. And then it's five, and then it's uh, five hundred dollars for first place for each kid. So you know that's two thousand dollars for each kid on top of the seven on top of National Scouting Report. and I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. They're going to give you about a five thousand dollar package that that uh, when you win one of our tournaments. Good gracious! Yeah, so you you know it's possible to come out of there with a thirteen thousand dollar paycheck.
0: My goodness. I didn't realize that that is, uh, that's a game changer. Yes, sir. High
3: school fishing has got so advanced that now they're ranking kids like rivals ESPN and everybody else. As far as one star, two star, three star, the same thing. They have a scouting report, scouting, they have combines bass runs combines And these college coaches will come to these combines and watch you, pitching, casting, flipping. And then they'll do interview sessions to get these kids come to college. And National National Scouting Report, what they do is they help you build your brand to try to further along your career into college and into the next level after college.
0: That's unbelievable. That blows my mind, Greg. Yeah, I had no yeah, idea. It,
3: it, yeah, it's some, it's something else. I mean, these guys—they're in, in National Scouting Report is actually located in Alabaster, Alabama, the home of Airport Marine.
0: Really? Yes, sir. So where does Airport? I know they've got so they've got a location in Alabaster, and they've got one. Um, is is that the only location they have?
3: Yes, sir. It's okay. uh, right That's there. Right. Okay. Yep. At the, uh in shelby county right there at the uh the airport
0: right there at the airport exit yep yep sir. man that's that's incredible it really is and um what an opportunity for these for these guys and 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 fun too i mean you know to even be involved in that combine that national scouting just to to have something where you can watch how you're advancing and competing because you know whether it's Hey, whether I'm playing ping pong with my kids now or whether I was in high school doing whatever I was doing, I was competing. And it's awesome when you have a tool where you can see how you're, you're stacking up against your competition like that. You know, it's easy mm-hmm. in baseball. Cause you can look at your ERA or your batting average or whatever it may be. But it's, it's really cool that, that you can now do that with this high school fishing. And then they, yes, it's a recruiting tool and a confidence builder and, That is, that's, that's phenomenal stuff. And this may not even be a question for you, but I'm going to ask anyway, you know, you, you see Montevallo, you see several of these other colleges that are giving scholarships. When are you going to see the Alabamas and the Auburns? Auburn's fishing team is incredible. I mean, they've got their, it's unbelievable fishing team, but it's a non-sanctioned. I think I'm saying that right it's a club it's not sanctioned it's by auburn university these kids have to go out and pay for all their own stuff uh for yep. the most part they have to raise their money
3: and you see it in in college bass fishing that the, there's there's no large schools that really if there is i'm not aware of them that offer scholarships like the small schools i don't know i don't know what it's going to take or why they don't I, I don't know because I'm not in the college side of it, but I would think all the publicity that that Logan and Tucker has brought to the University of Auburn in a positive way that they would find a way to like you know just offer some kind of assistance to these kids that's coming down there because it's 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 real. I mean, these kids this is what they want to do, so they're going to come to a school to be a business major to to right. be able to manage their career to be able to do this and, and And, uh, it's, it's, it's got to be one of the fastest growing sports there is out there. I mean, yeah,
0: no doubt. And it just seems to me like if you're going to wrap your boat in Auburn, if you're going to wear an Auburn Jersey, Auburn should, should be part of that.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, I agree. And Alabama's the same way and, and Mississippi state. And, and I mean, it's, it's everywhere. These kids and they're paying out their, they're paying out their pocket. Their parents are paying out their pocket.
0: And it takes a lot, yeah, it takes a lot.
3: Go will price a boat down there right now at Airport Marine, and you know you're gonna be in the seven sixty five seventy thousand, even eighty five thousand dollars for a for a new bass boat, and yeah you, you know, for a new bass boat,
0: and then and go then stay in hotels every weekend and travel and gas and eating out. yeah, it's an expensive deal, but hey, look, here's the positive: Montevallo, some of these other schools have started it, and and they've got the scholarships, and, and I think you're going to probably, as more attention gets brought to the sport, uh, as the high school continues to grow through what you guys are doing, then it'll be more attention brought to it, and hopefully we'll see some of these other colleges get on board as well because, I mean, these guys are putting in as much time as – uh, we probably put in on the baseball field. I mean, it takes a lot of time to do what these kids are doing and it sure takes a lot of, a lot of money, you know, to, to be able to do it. So hopefully we'll see that step up. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, you know, next year, what's coming up. I mean, it, how many tournaments do you have planned for next year or, or do you plan that or is that even decided yet?
3: I actually start playing in about the middle of spring for the following year so. What we'll fish in 2023 was planned in March and February of
0: 2022.
3: Nice. You have to really get out in front and, and get these ramps reserved.
0: Mm.
3: But then you, you don't want to, there's, there's a few other trails and you don't want to step on everybody's toes because then you start competing for kids. And it's all, in my mind, it's all about putting the kids on the water. What can I do to offer them the best place to fish at the best time of the year, and it don't conflict with a man's um, a, man, a grown ups tournament or uh, another high school tournament? So, which ain't
0: easy to do because there's a lot of tournaments. There is hundreds
3: of tournaments, and, and luckily we've got we've got the state of Alabama has so many resources as far as lakes go that we can you know they're everywhere. Everywhere and they're. they're re- yep. They're really good lakes. Um, I'm not going to get into that about the uh, whole, how I feel about some of the management practices for the state of Alabama. But
0: Well, we actually had the guy for the state on the show. Go back and listen to last week's show. We had the state supervisor for fisheries over the Coosan and the Tallapoosa was on last week. So uh, it was a very informational show. Maybe something you want to go back to the last week's show and listen to.
3: I'd like to talk to him one time and, uh, and that, figure out why we're not stocking our lakes. Yeah. Like, uh, the share a program in Texas. And you've got, if it didn't work, other States wouldn't do it. They they're not going to continue to throw their money away, but we won't, we won't get into that. But the, these, uh, these lakes that we try to pick, we, we find, we try to pick, you know, certain lakes are better at certain times of the year. And right. so we try to line the schedule up with that, And it don't always work out that way or the weather could affect stuff. But I mean, we're, we're, we're fishing 160, 175 boats every tournament once a month and we, we pay it, we pay a lot of money. We, uh, Ken gives money away to, he don't give it away, they win it, but he finds a way to, to make it competitive and and get, get as much kids involved as he possibly can.
0: Do you, do you happen to know how many schools in Alabama have fishing teams now?
3: I don't, but I can tell you at one time, just the in Calhoun County where I live, I think every school, but maybe one had a fishing team. I don't know that they still all do, but even up until the private schools and everything else, we see a lot of uh, homeschool kids too uh, fishing, and they'll, they'll find a club to fish with. We see that quite a bit.
0: Well, and I loved how we started this segment off. Greg, you were talking about your daughter. There's not, what other sports? I mean, she can go out here and compete, not just compete with them, but win against the guys. And there's not very many other sports that are like that where a young lady that loves the outdoors and wants to fish can can get involved in this and and, and go out there and win and compete
3: yes sir i love we've, that we've uh, we've had some really good good young ladies from this state that uh has represented this state really well in college and high school uh some of them's fishing to work into to get to become professional anglers still and boy I'm going to tell you Sometimes it rubs some young men the wrong way when uh, they get beat <laughs> by a girl. They, they don't take
0: losing real well. <laughs> no. Especially to, they don't like losing, but especially to a girl. But That's the reason we've the had, girls love it. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. We've had, we've had to have a
3: couple heart-to-heart talks on the boat before uh, young, young men have got pretty mad and pouted when we would uh, be fishing. And Hey, look, you have to remind them that they're on a team together. It ain't about who's who's catching the most fish. We just we just need to work together. And when a girl outfishes them, sometimes it really bothers that ego.
0: Yeah, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. Well, man, I love what you guys are doing. And thank you. Uh, thank you for your commitment because uh, it, it's a lot of work, and I know it is. And uh, so I, I, I hats off to you and your team and, and hats off to Airport Marine for, for – uh, their contribution and making this thing as big and successful as it is. Guys, if you're listening, you want to, uh, I mean, Greg, I, I'm sure if they've got questions about this, if a dad's listening or a young person is listening to the show, they want to get involved in this. I'm sure that they could reach out to you, uh, or yes, is sir. there a website they can go to? What's the best way for people to get information?
3: They can, uh, they can go to our website. It's Airport Marine Trails dot com. You can start up there. That's our team trail, the first one. You just scroll down to high school. My phone number is on the website page right there. You can call me. I'm I'm just old carpenter that uh, builds houses, so I'm available every day, but Sundays when I'm in church or Saturday when I'm fishing or hunting. But phone numbers on the page. The uh, information's on the page on the dates and everything else. Very simple to go online, register. Uh, all you gonna do is register and, and then uh, show up at the tournament. We we'd love to have anybody that wants to fish with us to uh, to register. You don't have to you, your school don't have to fish with us. If if you want to fish individually as a team, you can.
0: I'm glad you said that because I, I wasn't aware of that. So if uh, if you're if you're living somewhere and your high school doesn't happen to have a fishing team, but you want to compete, you want to be a part of it, you don't have to be affiliated with the high school. You can just sign up. And still come to the tournaments and compete, right? Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, and and the other thing too, as I mean, if if you're listening to the show, you want to get involved, you get information on it, and you want to move forward, man, go to Airport Marine. I, I'm telling you, these guys want to get your kid fishing. Uh, they want to support that, and they will. They, I, I guarantee you, they'll hook you up. You get you in whatever you want to get in uh they'll take care of you
3: absolutely absolutely these guys um they want to put as many kids on the water as they can and still be safe and and uh if you just go down there and see one of the guys ryan uh barker or ken or any of them down there they can point you in the right direction
0: awesome well man i appreciate your time buddy it's been a pleasure talking with you again I, i love what you guys are doing i can't wait to see how it continues to grow And, uh, man, I look forward, let's, let's do this again in a couple months and, and, and get another update.
3: Yes, sir. Absolutely. We're going to be on Lake Jordan Saturday, launching from Bonner's landing. Anybody's listening. They want to hear, or if they hear that before, before that tournament, we'll, uh, there in, uh, January, the end of January, I think the 27th, 28th, something like that, uh, we'll be on Lake Martin. So if, uh, if you want to fish with us this online get registered if you want to come watch a weigh-in and see if it's something you'd like we'd we'd love to have you
0: that's good stuff man all right buddy well i appreciate your time and and the information and uh again appreciate what you guys are doing and and man i can't 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 i i know it's growing like crazy and and uh don't know where the end is but i know i know we hadn't reached it yet so got a lot of growth to continue i'm sure
3: yes sir well i appreciate you having me on and war
0: eagle all right, buddy. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. All right, guys. Let's take a few more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. All right, guys. Great segment. Let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some fish bites and get busy casting because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for fish bites or fish club lures or visit fishbites.com. And brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you are experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land a big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight pictures lakes, Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Wise, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnerville, and Bear Creek lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a north alabama fishing guide all right guys welcome back to the show man great great day today I uh, loved having all of our guests on man the, the fishing is hey crappie fishing down in eufaula i mean it ain't the best it may not be the best time of the year but they but man old tony's still down there loading the boat up filling that cooler up every time he goes and uh Logan on Lake Martin, I mean, he's catching, it sounds like the fishing is just getting better and better there this time of year. And, uh, man, how about that last segment? This, this high school thing has blown up and, uh, it's great to see, man. It is great to see this many kids getting involved in a sport that we all love. And it just, uh, it bids well for the future of angling. That's for sure. So that is going to be a wrap for this week's show guys. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. Please take a minute and subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, all you have to do is text the word FISHING to 314-665-1767, and we will email you the show each and every week. Be sure and go check us out on our Facebook page, uh, Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, and follow us there as well for updates and, and all kind of good information. You know how it is. We just put all kind of good stuff out there for you. Anyway, you guys have a great rest of the week. Look forward to coming to y'all again next week. Until then, be safe. This week's Alabama freshwater fishing report was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman, Latona. If you're anywhere in the southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs as well as motor sales and services. And now they have a pro level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And Botanist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultra-light, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And by the all-new Alabama Fishing Show is coming to Gaston, Alabama, March the 10th through the 12th. The venue at Coosa Landing on George Wallace Drive. AlabamaFishingShow.com